Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 75. This week, we talk with Matt Heidinger and Andrew Bars about live tiles and notifications, moving data in Azure, and create your own Netflix button. This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Infragistics. Their developer toolkits provide world-class controls targeting Windows, Web, iOS, Android, Xamarin Forms, and more. Whether you're an individual developer or part of an enterprise team, they have something for you. Check out the latest today at Infragistics.com. This week, we have two guests. Our first guest is Andrew Bars. He's a program manager on the Windows Developer Platform, making live tiles and toast notifications easy for every developer to implement. And in his free time, he develops a number of successful Windows phone apps. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, glad to be on the show. Yep. And then we have a two-for-one special. We also have Matt Heidinger. He's a former Windows Phone MVP turned Microsoft employee. He's a program manager on the Windows Developer Platform team working on the future of live tiles and notifications. Welcome, Matt. Thank you guys for having me. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Carl, what do we have for feedback this week? This week, it comes from Dan Vanderboom on Twitter. Uh, He's talking about last episode that we had. Um, He said, fantastic conversation on DevOps, automated testing, and release management on the MS Dev Show. So uh, thank you for that feedback, Dan. And if you want to win an Infragistics Ultimate License, just like Dan just did, um, reach out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on our website, anywhere else where we take feedback of any kind. Um, if it comes with a $20 bill, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we can be bribed. Uh, okay, so let's see. Let's jump in the news. So this first one here is pretty cool. ASCII image to PNG. So how does this work, Carl? Yeah, so uh, this is at shaky.github.bushong.net, and this guy just puts in like ASCII stuff on the left side, and in in this case, he's kind of making a little diagram, and uh, it shows up on the other side like it's uh, a hand drawn, you know, image, and you can actually <laughs> export it as the PNG itself as well. So I just thought this was really cool because there's a lot of times that you just want to get like a quick and dirty thing that's not too professional, but you just want it to look semi neat and this would be a great way of doing it. Just get it out there and in a quick ASCII format. And you this can is get, cool. Get As you anything type it updates. So yeah, you can draw boxes on here. You can draw arrows. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Okay. Of course I, you know, you guys don't have a link, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's shaky.github.bushong.net. Um, I'll see if I can paste it into the uh, the Skype window here. There you go. Now you have a link to it. Ah, but it's just kind of yeah, it's kind of fun just uh, just typing in there and watching the stuff appear on the other side. Although I think oh, I just neat. I think oh. I just broke it. But uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool, huh? You yeah, the boxes and draw everything. Anyway, so we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, the next one is AZ Copy Library. This looks like something I should know something about, Carl. Yeah. So previously, there's a, a, a command line tool called AsCopy that lets you allow allowed you to move uh, data between uh, Azure storage, um, you know, accounts, areas, yeah. Yeah, yep. accounts and stuff. And one of the things that was asked for was programmatic as- access because you know it was great. I mean, you could automate it a little bit using PowerShell or something like that, a batch file. But you know, having programmatic access sometimes is just really awesome. And uh, they just announced a, a preview of their library for this. So you can uh, go to GitHub and uh, get a copy of where it's at right now. And you can start, you know, adding to your application, you know, the logic it takes using their library here to move data in between accounts. Yep. Yeah, I actually did see this. This is pretty cool because you get full IntelliSense. I mean, PowerShell is still a little wonky to me. Um, like it makes sense, but I, I always have a hard time figuring things out. You're further uh, ahead than me because it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm able to I, do I things the, with PowerShell, but it's painful. 
I I don't know. I I cut my teeth on on Linux and Bash, and I just yeah. I, I miss the simplicity of Bash. Yeah, yeah. Now PowerShell, like it, it is, it is powerful, right? Right. Like right. It, oh, yeah. it, it will do like really cool things, but but yeah, I, you you really have to use it on a regular basis to really take advantage of this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I keep the handy reference book near me if I ever want to dive into it. Exactly. So this is kind of nice because we, you know, day in and day out, I think most of the people listening to the show are are in code. And the fact that this will give you IntelliSense because it's all .NET code. I mean, this mm-hmm. this is just nice. I hit dot. I see what I can do. Um, and the syntax looks really easy. I mean, you're saying here's my source. Here's where I want to put it. Uh, you know, move it from here to here and uh, tell me the progress as you go along. You know, like and, it can be that simple. And mm-hmm. I think the, 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 the other key thing that it does that kind of I didn't realize initially is it also uh, uh, handle migrating data from other cloud, cloud providers like AWS. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. That's pretty neat. So you could say like from uh, S3 um, to blob storage, to blob storage. Okay. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And then the last thing, not a whole lot of uh, news this week because we're pre-recording, but this, uh, as of the time that we're uh, recording this, uh, this just came out, which is a button that you can create um, from Netflix. And the reason I think this is interesting is it's a, um, it's basically like an IOT solution. And I guess that they thought it was, uh, worth the time to put some effort in this. So this is a button that you can build where you push the button, it will dim the lights, silence incoming calls, orders take take out, and then turns on Netflix. So it's literally like an arcade button in a little box, and they walk through the the actual hardware as far as like the board, you know, using like a Raspberry Pi or something like that, hooking up the button, uh, some of the programming, and then uh, actually how you can fabricate the box for this thing. <laughs> I had actually, you know, seen the headline for this and thought it was a joke because I, I saw like the little thing where it says like, and order takeout food. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This is like, <laughs> but, a, yeah, you'd expect to see this like on April 1st, right? Yeah. But they actually supply code and everything for you to, uh, you know, get started with. So this is pretty awesome. Yeah. So I think this is more of a maker thing than a Netflix thing, to be honest with you. So they're just, you know, I think they're just trying to get some publicity out. I think this is a marketing thing. Um, oh, not that absolutely. The button useful. But it's, yeah. But it's, but it's pretty cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's thinking outside the box, right, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk to uh, let's talk to Andrew and Matt because that is why we're here. So I guess first of all, why don't you guys tell us uh, about the team that you guys work on? I yes. don't know which one wants to go first. Go ahead, Matt. Well, so a- Andrew, uh, Andrew's the the brains behind the current visualizer. We are on the we're, we're on the notifications team. So our our mission is just you know. Figure out what it means to send notifications to Windows. Uh, you know, in the future, obviously, uh, Universal apps coming to Xbox, so they will support Toast notifications and things like that. And uh, right now, we have tiles, Toast badges. We, you know, might have future stuff. You know, in just other services for notifications in the future. Um, and we're just trying to kind of get around that. So figure out what that means, especially as you know device proliferation continues and people get notifications on their smart accessories and things like that. So that's really what our team is in charge of uh, from push notifications and then stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, specifically, and the reason why I think you guys invited us on the show today was uh, Andrew has has published the packages for a notification visualizer, which is uh, 
basically a project that that I had started a, a while ago. Um, I, I think Andrew was actually our, our intern at the time, so this goes back a little while. Um, but it was built in WPF. We we basically with when Windows 8 came out, we had a series of templates. I don't know if you were familiar with or, or many uh, listeners of the show might be familiar with how uh, live tiles and toasts work. Uh, but effectively, you lay them out with an XML payload. And we introduce with maybe like 40 templates. So between medium templates and wide templates and large, and then Toast had a couple. And they were very rigid. And they basically said like, okay, you can have three lines of text that don't wrap. And that might be template text 01. And then what if you want your live tile to be two lines of text that wrap, and then three bold lines below that that don't wrap. And that's basically what we offered was if kind of not super flexible templating mechanism that could probably get you close to what you wanted. And then we had a template catalog on MSDN that we'd kind of browse to to kind of view them all. When Windows 8.1 shipped, we had over 80 templates that you kind of just browse between and would pick one that hopefully represented what your tile wanted to look like. Maybe you want a little thumbnail image. But basically, every tile you saw on a Windows 8.1 PC was a template based on that. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to deviate from that template, our really only escape hatch was you would pick an image template and you would custom render a PNG, either in a background task or or generate via the cloud. Um, and it it wasn't super, it was powerful in that you, you own every pixel on the tile and you can draw whatever you want. Um, but you know, as devices got higher res, those are some pretty big images. Uh, that's a decent amount of bandwidth if you are generating them uh, in the cloud. And if you're running them locally, then the background tasks, you know, they're not necessarily going to fire if the machine is constrained or especially like a phone is resource constrained. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started this effort of how can, how can we do better? Like these catalog is is not enough. It's, it's not really what developers are, are asking for. Um, and then getting to the PNG side was just, it was asking too much to, to open up that flexibility. So we, we set a couple rules. We wanted it to be backwards compatible with the existing catalog because a lot of these notifications come via the cloud. And we wanted developers to be able to, as Windows 10 devices you know, hit the market and were upgraded, we wanted developers to still be able to send their old payloads and kind of the new ones at the same time so that the device would pick like, okay, I know how to render this one. So it, it kind of picks the first in wins. Uh, so you can still send the same payload to your Windows 10 and, and Windows 8 devices um, in, in many cases. So uh, to, to explain that, that's where the visualizer kind of came from. And then that lets you kind of rapidly proto- prototype your tiles. Uh, anyone on, uh, I assume we'll, you'll have a link to it. It's basically in the store, but anyone who wants to poke around that would and, and kind of design their live tile would, would hopefully check out that first. Yeah, so just to clear up for uh, uh, people who aren't quite as familiar with, with exactly what you came out there with, the, you know, because you talked a lot about XML and payloads and stuff. Yeah. So so if I wanted a live tile, you kind of had all, all some templates set up. And I would say I want, you know, a specific template. But what I'd have to do is I'd have to take my my data, my, my text, my uh, images and stuff, and I'd have to do like an XML merge to kind of get that in there. And then at the end of the day, I'd take that merged XML and send it off to the tile updater. And then uh, that would cr- yeah. create it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's effectively it. I mean, you can basically the every live tile is represented by a snippet of XML. And it's not much. I mean, if you if you look at the samples, literally, if you just go to go to, you know, Google or Bing and just look for the tile template catalog, it'll be the first link. 
And for every tile you'll see, you'll see a pretty picture of the tile, like, oh, you want with a little thumbnail image and two lines of text, whatever that might be called, tile square text and image 05 or something. They have very interesting names. And the XML would craft it. And then you would either send that XML locally while your app is running, and that's how you do a tile update. Uh, what a lot of people do is there's just one line of code you run in your app, and you take the tile updater and you say start periodic update and pass in a URI. And then that's like how, say, MSN News or Finance or Weather, and basically they pull this URI every 30 minutes. And it's just a, a server-side URI that returns some XML. And that same XML is what you'd use locally or whatever. So a lot of people just do that. That way you don't have to write a background task. If you just want your tile to update every 30 minutes or 60 minutes or something like that, that's, that's what you want it to do. Um, that's commonly how people would, would have their tile update. And then there's more obviously like immediate, like for example, Twitter, like they will send you a tile up and a toast notification via push because you, you, and same with like IM stuff, like you want those to be uh, automatic, uh, instantaneous, but those are also, it's just a chunk of XML that you're sending from the server. All right. So now, now you also just, uh, uh, previously you also described that there's, there's a new way of doing it with this adaptive syntax. Right. So, so this is just kind of more like a loose set of, syntax that we can use to craft what our what our tile is going to look like now yeah so i mean it's 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 purely additive over what we used to have um rather than picking a specific template you just you can line up some text uh we have semantics called groups and subgroups that let you create um, if you, when you, when you poke around the visualizer, probably, so like tiles are a little hard to talk about if, if one, you haven't programmed with them and then, you know, you're not necessarily visualizing it. So the visualizer does, visualizer does help. And, you know, for anyone listening to the show, I mean, you can just find it in the store as a notifications visualizer. And we have a, a set of pre, pre, pre-crafted payloads to kind of give you an idea of the flexibility and show off the various features. But, um, it's not. It's not, uh, a, it's not about pixel perfect layout. That was a, a very strong non goal we had in this. And the, the point being that tiles and toasts get represented in a variety of different ways, right? Like Xbox notifications are, especially on like X, they're shaped differently. They're, they're, they have a different amount of area than a phone, than our Windows phones do, than our PCs do. And, we didn't want developers to have to specifically lay out their XAML for every single notification they want to send. So this XML format gives us enough metadata to provide kind of the semantic, uh, your intention of the notification, and we will do the heavy lifting of translating that to make sure that looks great across these form factors. So that's really what the improvements we made were. It's, it's, it's text, images, some kind of row, some basic row and column support to let you do some pretty impressive stuff. I mean, the weather tile you see on Windows 10 um, is fully crafted using our adaptive stuff. Well, every tile you see on Windows 10, uh, we work very closely with our first party teams. So it's a really robust set of features. Um, we know people are asking for XAML. You will certainly get questions where people are like, I, but I still, I want to do the work and I want to lay out with XAML. Um, we're s- certainly still tr- you know, trying to figure out a way to bring that uh, to developers who want it. Mm-hmm. But this is a very easy way in. And we're, we're kind of, you could almost call it the, the universal notification way in in that these notifications, if you send this payload, we will do the heavy working that as new Windows devices come out, we will make sure toast and tiles look great on them. And you don't have to lay it out specifically in XAML, like pixel perfect. So I think you answered two questions that I've, and one of them I've always asked Carl, I, I, I've always asked Carl, like, 
why didn't they just do this using XAML, <laughs> which was one of them. But I, I haven't done a lot with the, the, the tile. So, you know, I don't, that might be something that I actually don't want that, that I just don't know that I don't want. Uh, right. And I, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's it. Um, like if, you know, a lot of your listeners probably have, or have at some point had a windows phone device and a windows PC. And mm-hmm. when you get a toast notification, you know, the, the windows phone ones are small and they come up at the top. The, the windows ones are, are taller, a little, a little bigger. Like if you had to lay that out in XAML, that's just different XAML. They're, they're different font sizes. The images have different, they're just different. And right. that would be asking a lot for developer to explicitly provide both of those. And we yeah. just want to be able to tailor them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to cut in here a little bit, you know, I've, I've used the notifications visualizer app that we're talking about here. And I think one of the, one of the cool things about this is like you said, how quickly you can visualize everything that's going on. And, and, and one of the columns on there, they have a, a dropdown with let you pick your device. So you can look at it in mobile and then look at it on desktop. You, you now also get, you know, the fourth type, the big square, but then when you also go to tablet and I actually failed to realize this, when you go to a tablet mode, everything gets a little bit bigger yet. And Mm -hmm. so I I think it's great for picking out those things that you might not otherwise realize as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's what we wanted. Um, so one thing you'd even kind of notice too is uh so if you go to the mail one, we, we wanted we wanted content to be able to to logically group together. So so what, what basically he was referring to is that on a really high DPI mobile device, uh tiles are bigger. They have a bigger surface area, but part of our design language, uh font sizes stay the same. So what you're seeing is that even on a higher density screen, all the fonts themselves, the text is going to be the same size as a low density screen, only the tile itself has a bigger surface area, which means it can fit more content. So we don't scale up the text and the tile proportionally. That's why the visualizer really helps there. And that's the same experience inside of an app as well. Um, you know, if, you, if you're running an app on a really high DPI screen, we don't want that text to be just massive. Like, you know, that's just not how, what a user would expect. So the same thing applies to your start screen and your tiles. Um, A higher density screen means you just get more stuff. So um, the visualizer really helps with that. But what we really wanted is that, so say say you're looking at a, a, uh, a wide tile that's showing your two most recent mails or, or say your two upcoming calendar appointments. Uh, on a low density screen, we might be only be able to fit one mail or or one uh, one calendar appointment on the tile, but on that same on, on that same notification on a higher DPI screen can probably show both of those things. But we wanted to make sure that you could group that text together so that you don't accidentally see you know the subject line and who sent it from one mail, and then we can get another subject line on there. But for for email too, but we can't fit say like who sent it. So you can kind of semantically group these these text items together. And that really enables, again, developers, it's all about easing their burden because we want people to take advantage of tiles, but not spend a ton of money designing and investing in designing and testing it, make sure it looks great across our devices. So you can send that same payload, and this is what the May on the Calendar app do today, the same payload that might contain three emails, uh, but if you craft your payload properly and you group those text items together, so there's semantically three different groups for each email, uh, a high DPI device, you don't have to know that you're sending this to a high DPI device or a low DPI device. We will just show the content perfect for that screen. 
So if any piece of it won't fit, you just kind of drop off that entire group Co- that, that might be extra. Awesome. Yes, that's exactly so, right. So one of the things I also really like with this tool is you give a lot of different examples. Yeah. So so you there, there's a blank one, which is what would be great just for starting from scratch. But if you want to see something simple, then you can go to, you know, with just text, you go to the mail one. But then when you go to the weather one, now you get all sorts of dynamic images and yep. you know it just it looks awesome. So I think for somebody who's kind of new to this adaptive, you know, way of generating tiles, this is a a really great starting ground. Yeah, I mean, we're happy to hear that feedback. The feedback to, you know, Andrew's the the, the one who really polished this thing and and added all that uh, density scale stuff and and you know, really kind of brought it to life. Um, so we're happy to hear that, you know, the, the, the feedback seems to be pretty positive and that it does seem like a, a useful, beneficial tool um, that, that, you know, we're, we're, ha- we're glad is put in the store at this point. Carl, I got to interrupt this for just a second and I want to talk about infragistics. Yeah, if you comment uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on our website, you have a chance to win the ultimate license from infragistics. And this is pretty cool because it covers a lot of stuff. Um, they have controls for Android, iOS, Windows Phone, Windows 8, ASP.NET, MVC, WPF, jQuery, HTML5, just tons of stuff. And they even have stuff for Xamarin Forms. So if you're trying to hit all three major mobile platforms with one, they got controls to help you out there. If you need tabular stuff uh, with their grids, they got really cool controls to help make that look uh, just really sharp. Charting, gauges, barcodes, it's all pretty simple using their controls. And if you just have some uh, simple prototyping needs, they have a product called Indigo Studio too. It lets you get that prototype done so you can show this to the stakeholders and you know sell your ideas. Yeah, what I love about that, you can just send them a link and they can actually navigate through the app. But uh, like you mentioned earlier, all of these controls across all these different platforms, this is great. I mean, most people don't just develop one type of app now. So being able to to go and use these controls in every type of app all under one ultimate license is is really big plus. If we don't select you uh, each week, you can try again next week. And if you can't wait, they have free demos. So you can try it out for a month, download the demos and try it today. Yeah, check it out at infragistics.com. They're a free trial, so you have nothing to lose. And remember, each week, if we pick your comment on the show, you get the ultimate edition for free, which includes everything. We thank them for their support of the MS Dev Show. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, looking forward, this is called the notifications visualizer. Your team works on, you know, live tiles, notifications, and the action center. You know, when will we, will this tool be able to visualize toast and notifications in the future? Or is this just going to be for live tiles? Uh, that's our plan. I don't know, Andrew, if you want to speak to, you know, I don't, I don't think we have any timelines or anything, but you, you tell, you, you, you tell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toasts are definitely on the backlog, but uh, we haven't gotten to there yet. And hopefully we'll get. I mean, our our dream for this as part of you know the the new Microsoft is like we're we're trying to work through the channels to to get the source code out. We want to get the source code out. We want to have our backlog ready uh, or like out there, um, so that you know, like for example, one of the features Andrew put in recently, um, some of our some of our tile templates peak. So it'll it'll like if you look at the the news one or whatever you know it'll show a story and then it kind of peaks down for a second shows you a, a kind of headline image for that story and then peaks back up so it's got this kind of subtle animation that, that groups things together um, and one of the backlog items we had was like let's let's you know add that to the visualizer so that developers can see that um, there, there's a number of these features that'd be it'd be just great if 
you know, I mean, Andrew and I started the original one. We kind of work on it somewhat on our free time. I mean, this is really, this is, this is kind of an unofficial thing and it was, it's a little difficult. I mean, we had to, we had to recreate start <laughs> inside of a UAP. Um, and there's a lot of kind of complex logic in there when you get into things like to make sure text falls off. Um, that is why the, there is a button on there that says pin to start. Um, you know, if, a, if, a, if a, we think we've exhausted all the kind of complications, as you mentioned, like the weather tile, there's some complex tiles that you can really generate in this. Um, and we should get it pretty pixel perfect in the visualizer. But if it doesn't or someone finds a bug, you know, it'd be great if this was open source and we could, you know, take pull requests. Uh, that, that's kind of where we want this thing to go in the future so that people can help us kind of advance it over time. We certainly don't want to be the bottlenecks to its, you know, ultimate, you know, future. All right. So another question kind of going away from the tool a little bit more towards the adaptive layouts. So if we do look in the tool at the blank one, you know, we see that there's um, a binding template for small, a separate one for medium, a separate one for wide and a separate one for large is, you know, when I, when I think adaptive, I think of the web and stuff like that. Is there going to be a time where I could just make one, um, template that could flow between all of them or are so is yeah that's a that's a great question uh it's definitely in our backlog so toasts work exactly that way so toast the way you send a toast you just say toast generic um we are we are trying to introduce tile generic and it's basically just you have one notification it's got some text maybe an image and we will adapt it to all the tile sizes that's definitely where we want to get to um it ultimately fell kind of below the cut line, given that uh, we, we tried to optimize on things you just couldn't do like before. That's more of a convenience thing. It's just easier for the developer, and we certainly want to enable that. But it didn't enable anything you couldn't already do, so it, it didn't quite make this this initial release. All right. But yeah, that's that's how it is. So each, each tile size has its own kind of uh, layout. So there's small, medium, wide, and large. I'll go ahead, Carl. Uh, I was going to jump ahead. Um, so... As part of my understanding, a lot of things in Windows 10 are getting rewritten as universal apps. The Action Center is a universal app. Um, mm -hmm. on, on big Windows, the Start Screen is a, a universal app. But from what, I, what I've been told on Windows Mobile, the Start Screen is not going to be a universal app. Um, is that something that's going to be done? And if so, what does that allow you guys to do, you know, kind of owning the stuff that sits on the Start oh, that's Screen? That's a good question, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're not the the Pixels team. So we work closely with our shell teams uh, to to who build who build the start screens. We provide the plumbing and the kind of data model and the notifications platform that they build on top of. Um, so ultimately, how what technology they use is is really up to them. So yeah, they're using a different UI framework than on, on mobile. Um, it's mostly you know it's it's a it, it, not, not to totally speak for them, but I mean it's it's a lot has to do with just a performance thing. Like our you know devices are are they, they need to be the start screen needs to be incredibly fast, and if they can use a more lower level technology like you know Windows has had decomp and like direct manip and like there's some low level graphics APIs that they kind of take advantage of. Um, so no, it's not the full XAML stack. Um, the, the long term goal is certainly to unify those. Uh, I don't have any idea on what what their timeline would be, but um, it what doesn't really impact our work. Uh, we just have to make sure they're, you know, we, as program managers, we have to make sure our ducks are in a row, that every feature we decide to implement, that all of our partner teams who, again, do paint UI, are they, they know what they're, they're signing up for. Because, right. yeah, we definitely want these, you know, 
we want tiles to to look the, the same everywhere, and we we solve that on phone and desktop and 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 places like that. So it's 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 certainly something we're thinking of. Okay, so I know notifications are really getting a lot of new features as well. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, as far as toast. Uh, yeah, well, toast notifications. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. We, we use notifications <laughs> as the abstract. I got to speak the, the right language. The the umbrella, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, notifications got quite a few improvements. Uh, this this release, they they can have actions in them. Right. Uh, those actions can uh, be pretty advanced. They can they can invoke the app with some deep link arguments. So for example, if you have a missed Skype call, you can you know, text or whatever, uh, they can invoke background tasks, which is pretty cool. If you just want like a button that's going to kick off some, some background task, uh, we have, you can put selection uh-huh. boxes and text boxes in there. So you can build really nice quick UI, uh, or sorry, quick, quick reply experiences. Um, the cool thing about, you know, the quick reply is you just have a text box that you represent. And then that send button just invokes a background task that actually sends the message. So it doesn't have to launch the app. Um, you can do quite well, a few. Quite so a I got a quick question for you. When you're in, when you're in the text box then, so that, that thing, the sort of retains focus above it, you don't, you don't lose track of what you're doing, right? It, you just stay Correct. in that text box. And yeah. Then like you, so, and then like you mentioned, you push the button and that really is just firing off a background task. Yeah. So what happens is the toast comes up, like for, for example, on, on windows mobile or, or windows phone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the toast comes up just like it always has, but now it has these uh, kind of handles under it. It just looks like a gripper and then you pull down on it and that kind of expands the toast a little bit to show the additional UI. So it's, you, you get your normal toast that you always have, but you would pull down again, the toast doesn't obscure what you're currently doing. It just kind of dims the background and then you quick reply, hit send, the toast goes away and you're, you're, you never left the app. It just kind of got faded in the background. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how that works. Okay. So what, what does it take, you know, for a developer to get these custom actions hooked up? Uh, it's pretty simple. So it all goes in the adaptive payload. So tiles don't support them right now, but on your toast payload, once you've laid it out, you just you, you have a you have an XML, XML element called actions. And then in there you have inputs uh, and selections. And you might not have inputs. You might just, you know, if you have a Facebook comment and you just want to put a like button on there, uh, you just have an action and that basically... Uh, you, you tell it if it launches the app, you see it, it, the every action has an activation type. So that could be foreground or background. And if it's foreground, it just launches the app with some arguments and that just lets you deep link into the app effectively. And if it's background, you can invoke a background task or it by name, or it can do a protocol launch, which is something we've had since, uh, since Windows 8 and now on Windows Phone where apps can register like protocols that they support so netflix colon or whatever and it basically just invokes any app that supports that protocol activation so this sounds like you know you've gave quite a few of consumer examples but i'm imagining you could use these uh interactive notifications to like uh have a line of business app that would like be part of an approval uh workflow process oh yeah absolutely yeah that sounds awesome yeah, I mean, you know, a simple example I use all the time is, you know, uh, obviously security is uh, security of information is is critical at Microsoft. So uh, we have two factor auth by by default everywhere, which is it's nice because we can get to everything uh, just over the internet. We don't have to deal with VPNs and things that you know you would have to before. Um, but two factor auth is is kind of annoying because you know you if 
if you have the basic setup means they call your phone and you have to type in a pin and that approves you. Um, but we also have apps that uh, you just get a push notification that says, hey, do you approve this? You slide down and that has quick actions that's either approve or deny. And it, literally right from within that notification on my phone, I can approve it. Uh, thereby, you know, and that's all done with, you know, the, the, the interactive notification framework. And it's pretty convenient. That, that sounds pretty awesome because I know Android's had a very similar feature for quite a while. And that would be really awesome to have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're we're pretty on par uh, as far as what what you can do with an interactive notification on Android. And I believe we're ahead of what a developer could do, say, on, on the iOS platform with with uh, interactive notifications okay what about custom sounds can i i have a i have an app that reminds people to get up if they've been sitting for too long so am yep. i able to um i i know that the user can go in and customize sounds but am i able to actually have my own custom sounds in there that automatically apply to my notifications yep yeah absolutely okay excellent so yep. what what do we have to do for that uh, you literally, so in your adaptive payload, uh, you literally just have an audio tag and you give it a source. And we have a couple built-in ones. So you, you can, the source is, is, is a URI or really a protocol. And we have ms-win sound event, and then you can call it a notification reminder, for example, if you just want to use a built-in sound. Or you can pass a URI to a file within your package. And Andrew, you might know more off the top of your head of what formats we we have, but it might be, I think it's MP4s and WAVs. It, it supports even more formats than that. It supports almost all the audio types. But one thing to note is that the custom audio where you're specifying your own audio source currently only works on mobile. So for desktop, you can only choose from those preset win sound event sounds. Oh, okay. But for mobile, you can specify whatever sound like Facebook Messenger. It has their unique messenger sound. Yeah. And, and that's using like the MS-AppX format, right? Correct. AppX or AppData. Awesome. So... I've also heard about uh, a library called Notification Extensions. Can you guys tell us what this is? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Notifications Extensions, it existed in Windows 8, and it was created to help create these payloads because otherwise you have to manually generate this XML to send a tile or toast notification. And that's really a big pain when you're working in Visual Studio. And so Notifications Extensions allows you to use IntelliSense and object-oriented code to generate these tile and toast notifications. And we recently released a version for Windows 10 that supports all of the adaptive tile and toast features and also badges so that you can generate these notifications easily from your code. And we have it available on NuGet if you just search for notificationsextensions.win10. And it's available to install instantly. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is super beneficial for for developers who 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 just send toasts and tile updates locally. I mean, the the XML DOM APIs are they're, they're cumbersome at best. You know, you literally say get text get text element by name, and then you say text, and then you use like an indexer to say give me the first or second one, and then you do dot inner text equals whatever. So generating XML in C sharp code is is not pleasant. Um, so this was about if you're gonna do if you if you're running in C sharp, you're running locally, 
we give you this strongly typed object model that it's literally the, the XML model just represented in code. So you're not manually crafting XML if you don't want to. Okay. Anything else you wanted to ask Carl? Nope. Okay. Anything else you guys wanted to mention that we didn't cover? Yeah. So if you're interested in implementing these new live tiles or toast notifications, you should check out the tiles and toast blog. We have our blog up on MSDN blogs and you can just search for tiles and toasts. And we have, the entire adaptive tile documentation there and the new interactive toast documentation and we have a few quick starts and all the other information you need to implement all these cool features is on our blog perfect yeah well carl will include that in the show notes sweet very cool okay so uh let's get into the azure pick of the week uh this is a pretty quick one but it's uh, better density and lower prices for azure's sql elastic database pool so if you're not familiar with this this is really cool. This is if you have some if you have a uh you know an offering where you end up having, you know, like a multi-tenant design where you have a whole bunch, you know, every single one of your customers for example will get their own database within your application. Um moving that up to Azure can be, you know, w- with with the way that uh you know hosted databases typically work, that would be a horrible horrible idea <laughs> because you know, you have to pay for every single one of those databases. So what the SQL team did was they have this concept of these elastic database pools. So you're basically paying for the performance of the whole pool as a group and you don't pay for individual databases. So let's say you have 500 customers and you have 500 databases. You don't have to pay for 500 of those. So what was announced around this, because that feature was already announced, uh, but it was in uh, preview and typically during preview uh, pricing of services that is 50% of what it will be in production. And, um, now that this has gone, um, I think this has gone general availability now. I'm not sure if it's GA, but um, they've announced that the the pricing is actually going to be the same as the preview pricing, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, there is going to be uh, no per database fee. Um, so overall, this just ends up basically being a lot less expensive than it was looking just a few months ago. Um, they figured out how to really optimize this. And, and like I said, if you have a database per customer, um, this is a really attractive way of doing it. And then you don't have to manage the individual databases. You basically, you know, create them, get a connection string for them, and they get managed as a pool, which is pretty cool. Uh, Carl, what do you have for a dev tip of the week? Uh, this is really a meta dev tip of the week. It's uh, how to get weekly dev tips as animated GIFs. That's what I want. This is what I've been missing in my life. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> umar.com slash dev dash tips. Um, you can put in your email address and once a week he will email you a new dev tip that he will an- uh, show, uh, show you how to use it via an animated GIF. So oh, that's cool. um, there's some pretty good ones here and he's got 70 of them. So he's on a roll. Yeah. I'm just I'm kind of mesmerized. I'm just watching the first one here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's very cool. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And then uh, Matt and Andrew, we have this game that we play. It's really for kids, oh but you know, we're, we're all kids, right? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, uh, Matt, we'll have you go first. So the, what I need to do, I need to pick a number between one and four. Oh, uh, let's go with three. Okay. Carl, have you noticed that almost everybody picks three? A lot of people <laughs> do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. So you got to well, answer this the science behind that. <laughs> I don't know. We had, we had somebody write in though. And he said, oh, you should say it's between one and four inclusive. 
Um, <laughs> which is actually a great idea. I made fun of him, but it's actually, uh, it makes sense because yeah. we are such techies that we, we don't like, yeah. we don't like to push the boundaries of, yeah, I don't want an index out of bounds on the, yeah. on the, on the kids show. I'll look like a fool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So would you rather be caught picking your nose on the big screen at a huge stadium or in front of all your friends in your classroom? <laughs> you can tell uh, the kids Yeah. So I yeah. guess maybe, maybe in front of all your coworkers. So big screen at the stadium or, or coworkers. Uh, I'd say, oh man, I guess at the stadium. <laughs> it's a stadium and hopefully this is not recorded. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Andrew, uh, pick a number between one and four. I was going to pick three, but I'll go with two. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in the middle though. Okay. Would you rather own only one collection of clothes that fits perfectly, but is made from furry carpet? Or always have all of your clothes be soaking wet when you put them on. Uh, the carpet clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cold, clo- cold clothes are no good. Yeah, yeah. Not, not here in Seattle. Maybe if I was back <laughs> yeah. in Arizona. And hopefully it's yeah, not like itchy clothing either. <laughs> you, know, there's, you can't really ask these cards questions. So, Carl, why don't you pick a number? I'll pick one. Okay. Would you rather, this is another clothing one. Would you rather have to sew all your own clothes or grow all of your own food? I'd rather grow my food. I am not one to be a seamster or anything. <laughs> you know, the only problem with that is like, if you screw up, you're just going to die. <laughs> so you're picking, you're picking, you know, the crazy option. I think. I, I don't know. I, I grew up on a farm, so maybe I'm a little bit closer to food. Uh, pretty confident, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds good. So uh, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me uh, on Twitter uh, at Matt Heidinger. I just okay. like to say it's the word hiding with the uh, with the uh, with the er at the end. That makes sense. Um, I'm already I following also, you. It looks like ah, Perfect. excellent. I uh, I also blog. Well, I blogged before I joined Microsoft. I need to get back on it now that we've released and I can talk about stuff. Um, <laughs> But, uh, and also at mattheidinger.com. Okay, perfect. And Andrew, where can people find you? Uh, I'm not a fan of Twitter, but if you, <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> one of the rare exceptions. But if you have any questions about tiles and toasts, you can write a comment on our blog posts and I'll reply to them. Like if you look at the adaptive tile documentation, there's 52 comments on that article. So it's a good place to go to if you have questions and I'll respond to you there. Okay. Yeah. It looks like you're pretty active out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Andrew has been super active on that stuff, which has been yeah. really, re- I mean, it's just been awesome to, to have, him, have him help with that on our team. So I would just like to say, if anyone does have feedback on this stuff, you know, we're in planning of the next version of the next release. So, um, you know, anyone who's been using adaptive, it's, if it is achieving what they want, if it's not, you know, we work closely with first parties, but now it's out with third parties and, you know, we, we we're eager for feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I always tell people, whenever, whenever you're in a planning phase, that's the time to get your feedback in. Cause that's, yep. this is the time when you can make changes. So, so definitely yeah, send sure. in that feedback. Uh, Carl, where can people find you? You can find me at wpdevguy.com or on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. You can find me at ytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie. So Matt and Andrew, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about uh, live tiles and notifications and all that good stuff. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks again for having us. Yep, thanks for having us. Be sure to subscribe by searching for MS Dev Show in your favorite podcasting app. Leave us a review at iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast aggregator of choice. Visit us at msdevshow.com where you can leave comments, check out our links, show notes, and more. 
Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash msdevshow. You can send us your comments and feedback directly to feedback at msdevshow.com. 